This episode is part of the pool's Local Officials Stronger Together podcast series. It's one way we serve local officials through integrity, public service, fiscal responsibility, and operational excellence. As always, please direct specific questions about coverage to your member services manager. Welcome to Episode 12 Redux in the Risk Pool's Stronger Together podcast series. Today's episode is about human resources, challenges, and opportunities. I'm calling this a redux because we've actually done a podcast episode 12 on human resources before. At that time, I interviewed Melinda Walter, our HR trainer at the time. Melinda is awesome, but she's since been promoted to be our internal people operations manager at the pool. And because human resources can be such a big exposure, I wanted to introduce our new trainer, Craig Barnes, in this episode and get some tips from him. So why should a local elected official care about employment law? I've mentioned these stats before in Episode 7 about the pool's Call Before You Fire program, but I think they bear mentioning again. According to a recent study, U.S. employers with fewer than 500 employees have an 11.7% chance of facing an employment lawsuit. And if you do get sued, about one in five lawsuits results in a defense and settlement payment with an average cost of $125,000. In some cases, the employee was in fact treated unfairly and in violation of one or more laws. In others, that isn't true and the claim becomes a nuisance claim. But whether allegations are legitimate or unfounded, you have to handle all of them very carefully to avoid liability. As a recovering attorney, I tend to focus on the nuts and bolts of employment law, or really any other law for that matter. But this episode is about more than that. We don't just want to avoid getting sued. We want to create a work environment where employees can do their best, where they can focus on their job without distractions. When I asked Craig originally to think about what to talk about in this episode, I fell back to lawyer mode. Tell me three mistakes a local government employee typically makes, I asked him. I was expecting something like lack of documentation, not providing training, stuff like that. But Craig came back with some great ideas ideas about opportunities for you rather than mistakes you could make. I like it, and I'm glad he's not as pessimistic as I am. an elected official or even a city manager be expected to know all of the employment laws we deal with? Well, the truth is you really don't have to know them all. All you need to know is when you need help. And both the Texas Municipal League through its legal hotline and the TMO risk pool through our call before you fire program and training programs can provide information to supplement your city attorney. Depending on the severity of the issue, the pool may even decide to provide you with a local attorney to help. I'm now joined by Craig Barnes, our Loss Prevention Department's new human resources trainer. Welcome, Craig. Tell me a little bit about your background first. First of all, Scott, thanks for asking me. This is a great opportunity. It's a journey, and I did not graduate with an HR degree. My actual degree is in communications. So right before 2000, the insurance company that I was with actually closed its doors, and so I was out and looking for kind of where my skill set would lie at that point. So this was little over 22 years ago. And uh, at that time, the city of Garland had posted three positions that were all within HR. They were different, if you will, analyst positions focusing on different 
aspects, compensation, training, and so forth. And I had a little bit in all of that. So I just, I took a chance and applied for all three. And literally my boss at the time took a chance on me and brought me in. And I ended up starting my career in HR, uh, overseeing training, internal training, as well as the HR system. And then an opportunity came up in Plano from a people culture standpoint. And so did that, but also still had the HR system uh, piece as well, but was able to really invest in Plano and I felt like from a growth standpoint, we focused on organizational values, coming up with those, but then going beyond words on a page with those with regards to what are our serve values mean to you when you see those beyond just the organizational definition. And how did you come to join the risk pool? A couple of members of the existing pool right now had reached out and shared with me there was an open position with regards to the HR focus for the loss prevention training. And I looked at that and I was like, description of my wife. And she goes, Greg, this is what you've kind of been waiting on and are looking for to, to continue to go. And it's like, you know what it is? It really spoke to me of like being able to engage with members from across the state in different environments. And the trainings that we do are, they're not loss reactive, they're loss prevention uh, and sharing that information with them. But in a, in a way that they can take it home and or take it back to the work site and internalize it from a fundamental standpoint so they can see the impact and the value that they're bringing because of that. How important do you think HR training for our members is? I believe that the focus of any HR information, if you will, whether it's, you know, compliance information or, again, just anything around that, that it's shared proactively and not reactive. And we provide the information that can be readily applied and, of course, brought up and thought of when those type of opportunities may come up. And I've said before, I believe sharing is caring, but showing is daring. And what I mean by that is, is that we, myself, need to go beyond just, like I said, checking the box and sharing the information, but we need to show, and this is where the opportunity I know from loss prevention really does, and we show how it can be applied and provide examples and so forth. So sharing the information is absolutely caring. We need to do that, but we also know the individuals that are sitting in that class or wherever we, or whoever we encounter, showing them how to apply it or how it can be applied is really the key. Like I said earlier, I really like that you came back with some opportunities rather than, quote, mistakes like I asked for. Well, and I think that's the thing, though, Scott, is that even for the podcast, it's like, because you're right, when people think of those top three, that's where my mind initially went. It went to that we allow harassment to occur because we don't want to get in the mix of it or you're, you're not documenting things like it goes back to the people. How important is it to that person that they do that task to be able to keep us out of hot water, for example, if they're not feeling valued, if they don't feel like that what they do makes a difference, if they're not being listened to, they may have brought something up before. Tell me about your top three opportunities for our members to have the best team possible. I think that one of them is not asking for help. And I've said before, more in the wellness environment, and we know that as far as like with mental health and so forth, there's a statement that says it's it's okay to not be okay. One of the things we've added to it is that but it's not okay to not ask for help. We don't know what we don't know. I don't know that you are not, just like what you were just saying before from the law standpoint, I may be saying all this stuff about Title Seven and whatever else it may be, and you go, you know, you're thinking around with Title Seven, but somebody doesn't want to look like they don't know. That makes sense. And if you don't know, Title VII is the shorthand name for the federal law that prohibits discrimination on race, color, national origin, sex, or religion. So what's the next one, Craig? The second one is sometimes we assume. And yes, that can be tied a little bit back into the first one. But I actually say, like, assume and we overlook 
because we may be either too comfortable with it or it's like we don't want to start the pot. But again, whether it's you see something, say something or whatever it may be, but it does tie to the first point of regarding communication is something occurs it's okay to ask questions and not assume it'll just fade away. That's that proactive piece that you can get ahead and get in front of maybe any opportunities that may expand. And finally, the last one. And then the third one that I had is, and this is kind of near and dear to my heart, is a living culture that, again, an organizational culture will find its way, whether we're intentional with it or whether we just let it grow or live on its own. And I'm trying to stress, and again, I see this through the poll and, and of course, TML, that the organization's most valuable resource is actually its people. So it's you, it's me, and that we're not just cogs in a machine. And I've used this example before that if an individual doesn't feel valued or they don't feel like that they matter, what they do makes an impact genuinely. And if you think about the teeth, if it's the old school watcher clock, if that one tooth in the smallest wheel becomes weak or breaks down, the entire machine's in jeopardy, the entire operation's in jeopardy. So if they check out and they don't feel like that they're valued and they break, then it's a lot of work, it's a lot of extra burden to pick up. So what we need to make sure is everybody understands that it doesn't matter what you do, that you are making a difference and making an impact and not only being told that, but going back to showing that. Tell me a little bit more about culture. Culture is a living organism that will create itself and grow without much effort. However, creating and sustaining a culture that is not just alive, but breathes life into others takes intentional effort and is a journey for the whole organization. Culture is not, it's not an easy thing, but you can walk into any organization, you ask them, what's your culture? And you may have to explain to them what you mean by that, but they can tell you whether there's a, a mission statement on a council wall somewhere or something like that. Each organization has a culture. The question is, how do we want to not just drive it, how do we thread it into safety policies? How do we thread it into stuff that we're doing to making sure that we are being good stewards with the organization? Thanks for visiting with me, Craig. I think our members who attend your training are going to really enjoy it. Okay, let's talk about today's action items. Number one, are you doing regular training for supervisors and employees on acceptable behavior in the workplace? And if not, why not? The pool and others have many resources to help you do so, and you need to do this to help avoid liability should a claim arise. Here's what Craig had to say about training. When they come out of these training classes, are they going to be, in essence, on fire saying, I can make a difference in my organization with this knowledge? It's not to slap hands or say, oh, you're doing a bad job or anything. It's like, no. By doing these, it's like, man, you're truly making an impact on that organization. Action item two. Do you have a personnel manual? Is it up to date? If you're an HR practitioner, the Texas Municipal Human Resources Association has an example for you. And action item number three, if you have an issue, an employment law issue, address it immediately. Reach out to your city attorney first and use the pool's call before you fire hotline as well. Okay, that's it. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I hope you'll be with us next time. To review written materials associated with the presentation or to ask Scott a question, please visit www.tml.com irp.org and click on the Stronger Together podcast link. Please remember that the information in this episode 
is provided for informational purposes only and doesn't constitute legal advice. We recommend that you review the podcast and the accompanying written materials with your attorney prior to taking action.